So this morning, my name is Antonia, if you haven't met me yet, um, and I serve as an assistant pastor here at Trinity, and it's my, <clears throat> excuse me, privilege to do so. Um, so yes, this morning we're concluding our series on David. Can you believe it? I can't believe that we're at the end of it finally, but I'm excited to preach the word with you today. Normally you'd see me just a little bit to my left, your right, uh, leading worship, but we had a great time with Pastor Jared and the team this morning, amen. Um, so I'm excited to share the word with you today. Um, so before I was living here, I was living in Rochester, New York, not too far from here. And uh, part of my job was to be a nanny for three amazing girls. Um, so there were twins, and they were eight years old, and then uh, the oldest, which was 11 years old. And uh, they all had very different personalities. You know, as you can imagine, usually I feel like uh, every kid has a different personality, right? But they always seem to be opposite with siblings. Um, so, but anyway, so the, the two twins, um, they were definitely very, like, easygoing, kind of go-with-the-flow kiddos. They got along for the most part. Uh, they definitely had their moments. Um, but Natalie, the oldest, she was a very, like, very big personality, persuasive, very, like, uh, super leader type, you know, if you could see it in a, in a kid, you would say it was her. Um, and also at times very dramatic, not like any of us, right? Um, <laughs> but she, so it was the last day of school and, you know, she'd been talking, they'd all been talking about it for weeks, right? As any kid would. Um, but it's the last day of school and I kind of expect her to like jump off the bus and go crazy. Well, she didn't disappoint. Um, so she gets home, she jumps off the bus, and immediately she's like running around the yard. She's like screaming at the top of her lungs. She's singing. Her books are flying. Her shoes are flying. Like it's just total crazy. And I'm like, oh my gosh, the neighbor, well, the neighbors hopefully know it's the last day of school. But um, so she's just having a grand old time. And so I'm like, all right, I'll just give her a second, let her just get all her energy out, have a good time, right? Um, and so about 15 minutes later, <laughs> I pop my head out of the house and I'm like, so, uh, Natalie, what you doing, buddy? You gonna, you gonna come in? What you doing? And she goes, I just needed to express myself. <laughs> and we're like, true story. She really said it like that. And, uh, so she just needed to express herself. I think that we all can kind of relate to that a little bit. You know, we all have times where we just need to express our hearts in one way or the other, right? And we have a lot of different ways that we do that. Um, and for me, it's music, no surprise there. Um, but maybe today you're not a musician. Maybe you're saying, uh, that's not my gifting. Pastor Antonia, please don't put me on the stage. Um, but even if you aren't a musician, I wanna suggest to us today that we all have songs that we sing. Because what are songs? Songs are really just what comes out of our hearts because of what we've been pouring into our hearts. And we all have something that's pouring into us. And so there's always something that's coming out of us, right? So what we pour our hearts into matters. Um, we pour our hearts into projects at work or at home. We pour ourselves into others, into our families and our friends and our coworkers. Um, but if you're like me, you've wondered at times, is what I'm pouring my life into something that's worthy? Is it worth it? All of those things, are they worth it? Um, and at the end of the day, who's pouring in to me, right? Um, so this morning, we're going to take it a look 
We're going to take a look at the passage that I really believe speaks to those things. And, you know, as we've been making our way through the life of David, we've seen him walk through many things, right? So many different places in his life, so many different situations. Um, But in this passage today, we get to see David as something that we haven't really yet. Uh, We see him as an artist. And David was, uh, David's art was songwriting. And we know that he wrote a lot of them, right? Like the book of Psalms is full of songs that David wrote. And, uh, and this, is how, this is how he expressed his heart, right? I'm sure he had lots of time to uh, practice his art in front of those sheep in his dad's pasture. Maybe not a very exciting audience to perform to, um, but I'm sure, that, uh, I'm sure that he had lots of time to do it. We all started somewhere, right? Um, but so David is kind of, we're kind of taking a break from all of the, or a pause maybe, from uh, all the other stories that we've been looking at with David. You know, we've looked at battles and, and him coming to be king and his sin and, you know, all these different things. But today, this passage is kind of a pause because David is sitting back. He's towards the end of his life, and he's, uh, he's reflecting on, on his life. He's reflecting on all of the moments, you know, the battles and the victories and the uh, defeats and um, the favor, all of these things. And he becomes stirred to one thing in his heart. He becomes stirred to the faithfulness of God and the thankfulness that comes in his heart when he thinks about all the times that the Lord saved him and rescued him and was there for him. And so this is what this chapter is about. It's actually just a song that he wrote um, while he was thinking about these things and uh, turning them over in his heart. And this song shows us a few things about David's heart, but I believe that it's also things that are true for our hearts as well. Uh, So 2 Samuel 22, starting in verse 1, it says, And David spoke to the Lord the words of this song on the day when the Lord delivered him from the hand of all his enemies and from the hand of Saul. He said, The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my rock, in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold and my refuge, my Savior, you save me from violence." So the first thing that we see about this passage, about our hearts, is that our hearts need to be known. Um, You know, my first day of college, um, I went to college at Elam Bible Institute in Lima, New York. Points if you know where Lima, New York is. It's uh, a little tiny town um, just outside of Rochester. And it's basically basically a little cow town right in the middle of a cornfield. Uh, but it was wonderful. I loved it. And uh, so I went uh, on my first day there. And we were, my parents and I were unpacking all of our stuff and doing our thing, right? And um, just like any other college freshman, I was having, you know, just a little bit of like, thoughts of like, oh, how is this going to go? This is a whole new place. You know, am I going to make friends? Am I going to make connections here? Like, how is this going to be, right? Um, and so anyway, so we're unpacking my stuff and, and doing our thing and met, right, met my roommate and all this stuff. And uh, all of a sudden, I hear my dad out in the hallway, and he's like talking to somebody, and he's like, hey, you know, da, 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 whatever. And, uh, and I'm like, oh, dad, of course you know somebody here before I know somebody here. You know everybody, right? So, um, so he comes back into the room, and he's like, oh, I just saw my friend, you know, la, 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 and his daughter is going here, and you guys should be friends. It'd be awesome. And I'm like, oh. 
that's, uh, oh, you know, because <laughs> I'm like, oh, man, now I have to meet this girl. I have to be friends with this girl. You know, what if it's awkward? What if she's weird? Like, what are we going to How's this going to go, right? Um, anyway, so we, we go through our day, and that night we were going to have, like, a, a freshman kind of connection time and have some worship and a bonfire and all this stuff, right? Because um, we're at Bible college. That's what, that's what we do. We worship. Um, <laughs> Only part of the time. It's not all the time. Um, but so I was going to go down, and I decided to ask uh, this girl if she would walk down with me, right? And I'm like, let's just chat. You know, who knows? Maybe we'll be friends, right? Um, so, so we walk down, and uh, we're, we're just chatting back and forth. And she goes, she goes so, so how's your roommate? And I'm like, well, <laughs> she's really interesting. <laughs> she's a lot different than me. I'm not sure how this is going to go, right? Um, and, uh, and so I asked her the same question. And we're, you know, we're college freshmen. We didn't know, I didn't know anybody. I didn't know what they were about or, or what was going on, right? So anyway, so I asked her the same question. And she's like, well, I don't know. She's really different than me. I don't know how this is going to go. Um, and so we're, you know, we're just going back and forth and, and whatever. And we ended up really uh, actually clicking and hitting it off. So I guess thank you, Dad, for <laughs> introducing us. But uh, we ended up being really good friends, best friends, roommates, and all this stuff down the line, right? And just so everybody knows, too, the roommates were actually really wonderful people. We all ended up being good friends in the end. Uh, they, they weren't crazy, I promise. So anyways, so it was a place where I felt sort of out of place, right? I needed, I felt like I needed to connect with somebody. I needed somebody to know me, right? Um, and I think we've all experienced that feeling before, that being out of place uh, and just feeling like nobody knows me or I would like them to know me, right? Um, and so we've talked up in the weeks leading up to today how David has been in many difficult situations, right? So many, so many places where he uh, was just at the end of his rope, right? And um, he needed specific things in those times. He needed a deliverer to deliver him from the hands of his enemies. He needed a hiding place, uh, like the caves that he hid in to get away from Saul. Um, he needed a place of safety from his enemies, a place of strength. And the Lord was all of these things for him. And that's really like what this psalm is about, is that the Lord was that thing or was that person for him. He was there. And so, um, and he knew David. And so, so with us, we need our hearts to be known, right? We just talked all about that. And um, we're looking for someone to, to see our hearts, to acknowledge it, and to affirm who we are through that, right? And uh, Leon Seltzer, a psychologist specializing in compulsive behaviors and depression, said this about the need to be known. He said, not feeling that others really know us can leave us feeling hopelessly estranged from the rest of humanity. It may well be that feeling understood is a prerequisite for our other desires to be satisfyingly fulfilled. Without experiencing that others know us or are able to, we're left feeling alone and at times despairingly so. So when we don't feel... Uh, known or understood, it's like there's something missing inside of us, right? Like there's something that, uh, and it manifests in loneliness and in seeking attention. We see that all over our culture, don't we? Um, so much loneliness, so much uh, desperation for people to know who they are, right? 
And I think that this can be especially true, even with social media, you know, not that there's anything in and of itself wrong with social media, but the way that it can be used is that uh, it's a place where everyone is known or can be known, but really only for what they want others to see, you know, and so the result is that nobody really knows us and that we feel more alone than ever. Um, and this isn't just a culture problem, it's a human problem. We need a hope that there is someone who does fully understand us and see us where we are, right? Um, and so David is saying in these verses, he's saying, in those times of my life when I needed to be known, it was the Lord who saw me. It was the Lord who knew me. It was the Lord who supported me, right? And um, another thing I want us to take note of in these, in these verses is all these adjectives, the rock, the deliverer, the fortress, all those things, right before it, he says, my uh, before every single one. And this suggests that David had really close relationship with the Lord, right? Like <clears throat> the Lord had been all of these things to him throughout his life. And, you know, when we talk about something that's like, uh, that's not specifically ours, you know, like the store or the car or the restaurant or whatever, um, it's like general terminology, right? It doesn't have like personal ties to us. But when it has a personal tie to you, something that maybe even belongs to you, you would say, my car, my house, my fridge. Um, and you put the my in front of it because it belongs to you. It's close to your heart. You have relationship. You do life with it. You do life with your fridge, right? I know I do. Um, so David is talking about someone that he knows. He's not talking about somebody that he just had some, uh, maybe one or two encounters with. He's talking about somebody that he knows he does daily life with, right? And um, God was his God, the one that he worshipped and the one that he turned to. So we've seen that our hearts need to be known. And then the second thing that we see from this passage about our hearts is that they need to be rescued. Um, continuing on in verse 4, David says, I call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised, and I am saved from my enemies. For the waves of death encompassed me, the torrents of destruction assailed me, the cords of Sheol entangled me, and the snares of death confronted me. There were a lot of places where David needed saving, right? We've, we've been through this series. We've, we've been through those places with David. He's had a lot of places where he needed saving. And, but there's a common thread that comes through all of these times. And I love going back and reading the stories of David because when he was faced with a place where he didn't know what to do, right? He was pressed up on each side. He had nowhere to go and no idea what to do. He called on the Lord every single time. He takes a moment and he says, God, what should I do? Should I do this or should I do that? Should I go here or should I go there? And the Lord always answers him. He valued the Lord's input in his life. And I think this shows us a couple of things about David. Uh, number one, he was humble enough to recognize his need for help. And also he loved and honored the Lord's voice in his life. And a lot of times, David didn't have anybody else, you know. When he was running from Saul and Saul was after him, he would run to a city to, uh, to hide himself. And then somebody would recognize him, betray him to Saul, and he would have to run again. So a lot of times, David really didn't have anybody else that he could trust in his life. So the Lord was that person that he called on for everything. And um, we have people like that in our lives, right, that we call on for everything, maybe a friend or a parent or a spouse. And for me... That person is my mom, this lovely lady over here. Um, and I talk to her about 
everything, right? From what I had to eat that day to the experiences that I've had to the difficult moments of life. She's heard it all. <laughs> um, and I ask her about everything from what should I do in this situation to recipes to can I put this thing in the dryer? Is it going to explode the house if I do? Um, you know, I ask her about everything. And why? Because First, she usually knows, right? How many know that mom knows most of the time? <laughs> um, but also she listens. And why does she listen? Because she cares about me. She's my mom. She is invested in me, and so she's available to me. So, and this is David. He calls on God for everything, just like a parent. He says, in my distress, I called on the Lord. To my God, uh, I called. From his temple, he heard my voice, and my cry came to his ears. David says he's available to me because he's invested in me and he saves me. And so it is with our hearts. You know, we need to be rescued. Whether or not we know it, there is something on the inside of us that actually does know that we can't save ourselves, that we need rescuing from something greater than us. Um, we need to be rescued from placing our identity in empty things like money or power, control, approval, the list goes on, right? We need rescuing from our own minds, from our thoughts and insecurities or lies that we believe about ourselves, others, um, or the Lord. We need rescuing from our own hearts. The Bible tells us in Jeremiah 17, 9, that the heart is hopelessly dark and deceitful um, above all things and desperately sick. Our hearts are full of needs and desires and affections that, if they're allowed to, will lead us to hopelessly dark places. Places like David found himself with Bathsheba, right? Places that you never thought that you would find yourself. I bet David thought he would never find himself in that position, but yet he was. Um, places where following the loves we've given our hearts to that aren't Jesus will lead us to complete emptiness and complete destruction. Our hearts need to be rescued. So our hearts need to be known. We talked about how our hearts need to be rescued. And finally, our hearts need to be redeemed. Um, and David continues his song, and he says in verse 22, For I kept the ways of the Lord and have not wickedly departed from my God. For all his rules were before me, and from his statutes I did not turn aside. I was blameless before him, and I kept myself from guilt. And the Lord has rewarded me according to my righteousness, according to the, my cleanness in his sight. So the funny thing about these verses is that if we know David at all, we know that a lot of that stuff seems very untrue. Um, you know, he says that he's righteous, that he's kept the ways of the Lord, that he's blameless and he's sinless. And we know from previous times in David's life that these are pretty high claims. Like he's been to a lot of places where he didn't choose righteousness. And um, so why and how is David claiming these things about himself? But you see, what we have to understand about this part of the chapter is that he's not making like a general statement about his purity here and how good he was and how perfect he was. Um, but he's actually talking about specific times in his life where he could have chosen sin, but he chose righteousness instead. Um, like when he could have taken Saul's life. There were a bunch of times where he was so close and he could have, and even people told him to, and he said, no, I'm not going to do it. And... Um, or he could have taken it out on Saul's house. We talked a few weeks ago about how David was kind to Mephibosheth and restored him to his, uh, to his table. And um, so David is talking about places where he could have asserted himself as king and took his kingdom. 
um, but he let the Lord establish him instead. And, uh, and even in the midst of, you know, saying all these things, David is still primarily focusing on the faithfulness and the goodness of God. And in verse 33, he says, this God is my strong refuge and has made my way blameless. So David knew he wasn't blameless. So he's not saying through all of this, you know, that I was perfect and I made my way, you know, this and that and the other thing. But he's saying, I've walked in the ways of the Lord the mo- most of my life, but his faithfulness to me has been so much greater than I ever was to him. Um, his way is perfect and he's done everything to save me and to strengthen me through every season. It's his kingdom, not mine. Um, and so it was who the Lord was to David that caused him to sing. And uh Finally, as we come to the close of this chapter, David has praised God for many things. If you read through it, there's so many names for the Lord in this, uh, in this chapter. But he closes it like this in verse 50. He says, For this I will praise you, O Lord, among the nations, and sing praises to your name. Great salvation he brings to his king and shows steadfast love to his anointed, to David and his offspring forever. So we know that David was a warrior and a man of war. But the interesting thing about this chapter is that at the very end of it, and even at the end of David's life, we're not seeing David. He's not flashing his accomplishments before us like, um, you know, like look at who I am and what I've done and what I've accomplished. He's actually the image of a worshiper, and that's it. And um, as wonderful as David was, he knew that he wasn't the ultimate king. He knew that God was the one who was worthy of praise. He knew that God was the one who made his way perfect and who made his way blameless. And so for us, like David, we're not blameless, right? We're definitely not without brokenness. And the ways that we do even follow the Lord, they fall short, right? We know that. Um, But even though David was flawed, we know that David was a great king and a great man. But in truth, he was only an arrow pointing to a better king and a better kingdom, a king worthy of all praise and of all worship. A king who was blameless and took on the sin of every man. A king who was, uh, because of his great love, poured himself out for all mankind. David was a shepherd in a field. Jesus became the shepherd of our souls. David was a man after God's heart. Jesus came to reveal the Father's heart. David was a powerful leader who led with justice and fairness. Jesus is our true and just leader who one day will make everything right. David was a powerful, oh, we said this, let's keep going. David was promised God's love and a kingdom to his descendants forever. Jesus came as our everlasting king who promises his love to us forever. Isn't that good news this morning? That Jesus is our true and better king. And um, so what about us? We talked earlier about songs. What is the song that's coming out of our lives? Or in other words, what's pouring out of us? We said earlier that how what is pouring out of our lives is a result of what we're pouring into our lives. So what are we filling them with? If we're not filling them with Jesus, what comes out of us isn't going to be of any kingdom value at all. And it's going to leave us empty. Because we know that Jesus is the fountain that fills us, right? He's the leader you've always wanted. He's the father who validates you and loves you. He's the friend who is close to you, who understands you and takes away your loneliness. He's the love that's better than you've ever experienced. He's the king who's worthy of our lives. And he's the God who's worthy of our praise. 
right? That's what David's saying here. He's saying he's the God who's worthy of my whole life. He's been there for me. He supported me. He strengthened me. And so now I praise him, right? And so that is with us. We need to be remember, reminded of the goodness of God so that we praise him, so that we are filled with his goodness and his truth, right? So this morning, I just want us to take a few minutes with the Holy Spirit. And I just want us to uh, just take a moment and just ask him, Lord, where have I given my heart to things that are not you, to things that are going to leave me empty, to things that don't remind me of your goodness? And let's just take a few minutes and just ask him those questions and just let him speak to your heart this morning. Let him remind you of who he is and of who you are. And that he's better than you've ever dreamed or you've ever experienced this morning. Come on, let's just take a couple of minutes with the Lord and then we're going to worship him together.